Let's get your book published, sharing the truth while giving you tips, tricks, and secrets about the publishing industry with your host, Nicole Gabriel. Hey guys, Nicole Gabriel here. I want to talk about the idea of discerning the narrative and the deception of truth on today's episode. What I mean by this in particular is how we know our truth and how we stand within it when we are surrounded by the manipulation of a particular narrative, whether this is that by the media or the people that surround us in our day-to-day lives. There is either a manipulative agenda we fall into as a result of the toxicity around us and the collective beliefs or storylines therein, or we break free perhaps into the idea of dreaming our world into being by understanding the story that must play out to awaken humanity. There are gifts and pains in awareness. The gifts are knowing how things will play out, but the pains are in waiting for others to awaken. I suppose it would be much like raising a child. They are either not mature or experienced enough to see or they simply cannot see into the corruption of life outside of the innocence they were born within. For those of us that are awake, we know the pain of awakening before those we love. We know the pain of the knowing and the waiting game. Yet in reality, there is no such thing as time and there is no right or wrong. We feel held back waiting for some to catch up, and sometimes we'd give anything to awaken those still asleep. But every soul must be honored for exactly where they stand. I placed the following quote in my first book on the opening pages. I think it's very relevant for today. All truth passes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as being self-evident. This is a quote by Arthur Schopenhauer, a German philosopher. How many times have I gone through massive awakenings in my life only to look up and find myself very alone? How many times have I wished to share in my experiences with another? How many times in my life have awakenings caused my entire livelihood, a relocation and complete 360 in acquaintances? I do understand that it is my greatest desire to live in truth. And to live in truth means to accept that not all others have time or space in their individual or collective lives to seek, find, shift, and accept the layers of truth along each vibrational path. I believe personally that I have had to let go of many things over many years to identify not just my personal truth, but also to understand how to discern the collective narrative and to be able to clearly see the deception of truth playing out in my individual life and globally as well. One of the greatest pains I've struggled with my whole life through is the inability to share in the beauty on the other side of this journey. You see, people don't always accept change well, and when they have a foundation built upon lies, the truth is viewed as a threat. It's a human trait to need parameters to identify comfort zones. Who are you and how can you serve me? Who are you and how do you fit into my level of understanding? Are you a threat? Do you provide comfort? How do you or something you do or say fit into my limited understanding of truth? Basically, are you a threat? 
And partnerships are a funny thing. These are based on the fundamental understanding on both upbringing and social conditioning. They don't seem to at all be based on love these days. It's more a question of, can you pull your weight financially, emotionally, or physically? What can you do for the union versus how you are held within the heart? As an older woman that has been in many long-term relationships myself, I find that the older I get, the less interested men are in love, and the more they seem to be programmed to believe a woman must come in and more or less boss them around and tell them what is right, wrong, or indifferent about their actions and behaviors, and they must accept the chaos of the life they have built. There isn't much shifting and changing one can do with a person that has already formed their understanding of life and how a woman should fit into it. Of course, this isn't always the case, but honestly, the last thing I want to do at this stage in my life is to do all this personal work and step into a relationship with someone that simply wants to add me into the chaos or running narrative of their life. But I digress. I do believe that those of us that are currently very awake are seeing the most amazing circumstances play out. It's a shame that not everyone can see the brilliance upon us. We are about to be birthed into a whole new world that the entire universe is watching. Life is full of challenge right now for so many of us, and it's hard to imagine there's a greater plan coming. For those of us that have experienced dramas and traumas and have awakened because of them, we may now be realizing the gifts of challenge. I've said this before, but I personally find my greatest challenges have pushed me forward into writing. My pains, dramas, and traumas have become my words in my books. Writing my books, having a purpose, allowed me to triumph over the darkest times in my life. The emotions and experiences of each moment fuel our actions. It has been said, though, that the pen is mightier than the sword. Interestingly, today, our words have become threats to those around us. We have been blocked of our constitutional rights and freedom of speech. The law is being violated. I don't care what the message is, who's breaking the law? Why can we no longer post our opinion on social media, on YouTube? Who's in control of blocking our First Amendment rights? And did you know the same thing is happening with books going into print? Did you know that Amazon is taking down books that have any reference to certain topics? They're not allowing them to be sold on their platform, not allowing for ebooks or printed books to go through their system and monitoring content. Unless you are in the 2% that write and publish books, you'd not likely be aware of this. I put together this podcast a year ago to assist my audience in the steps necessary to write and publish a book. But the reality is that there can be so many obstacles in the way or self-limiting beliefs that impede one's creativity or might challenge inspiration that bleeds onto and outside the lines of the publishing process. Some of these obstacles we face are the very things that inspire us to write and share our knowledge as well. I want to talk about the idea of truth and the deceptions we face in life, and I'll leave open for interpretation the parallels as it relates to the book writing process. I'll join those strings of thought when I can. You see, the things that block us in life are like the contractions in the birthing process of the book. We are all going through a massive transformation right now. The truth is, we don't know exactly what it is we're about to give birth to. 
And quite frankly, there are still so many of us that are asleep and not even aware of the transformation we're going through collectively. And many of those that find the truth are afraid to share it for the fear of being mocked, shut down, or banned. Yet why is the truther being fought? Relating this back to the book writing process, many times I get new clients that come to me knowing they want to write a book, but have no clear idea of who their audience is or what exactly it is they want to write about. The law of attraction says that what you think about is what you bring about. Basically, your thoughts create your reality. For the author, your thoughts become manifest in your words. Your finished product, your book, attracts the equal vibration in the reader. So, for example, if you're writing a book about poverty, you'll likely draw people to you or your book that are poor. But perhaps you were poor and you did something to enhance your life to create change and you're no longer poor. This is when you might become the teacher. But essentially, you're still speaking to poor people. If someone were wealthy, they would not be reading a book about poverty, but perhaps one about how to invest their wealth to produce more wealth. How you form your words matters. How you frame your thoughts matters. To give you another example, if you're lonely and you focus on being lonely, you're more likely to be alone. But this is a funny game of attraction because if you think about becoming something, you're also affirming that you don't already have it. If you think about becoming wealthy, you don't have wealth. You're still wanting it. If you're thinking about becoming less lonely, you're still lonely. It's a tricky game not to draw attention to the desires you have and rather than create lack, create abundance. When this whole collective shift in awareness began over a year ago, I was momentarily frightened, but I settled in and excited. I saw a wonderful opportunity for global unity and growth. I saw a massive or biblical collective shift in consciousness that was about to take place. But I was naive to the deception in the global elite agenda. And I also had no idea of how collectively asleep humanity was. I quickly became frustrated when I saw that not everyone saw the same narrative playing out. I was told to simply witness. In fact, I've been guided to do nothing more than this for months now. I saw so much separation and division. As I began to write this podcast, I could feel a low vibrational overtone hanging over the planet. I confirmed this by checking the Schumann Resonance Scale to confirm what I was feeling. I talked about the Schumann Resonance in my last podcast, but it basically gives the vibration of the planet. The vibration has been very low for a few days. It told me that we were in a kind of scattered period where perhaps dark energies were winning, but I still see the outcome as brilliant light. I believe there's a saying that talks about it just being a bad day, not a bad life. I know to wade through this current muck right now and hold on to the belief that the future is much brighter. I do believe there is no other way but enlightenment here. But for some, it will be a massive change that will rather appear as a threat. All change is a threat when one is not in a relationship with God. In faith, change is accepted as God's divine plan, thus being easier to accept. We seem to be living in a lawless society at the moment. It's just been demonstrated to us at our highest level in our government that there is deception. We're seeing violations of our constitutional rights all over the place currently. We're getting tested with a year-long lockdown and chaos and mixed messages found in places of leadership. We know that we are in some kind of war, 
but what exactly is unknown. At best, this is a spiritual transformation of epic scale, and at worst, we might be witnessing a kind of apocalypse, as some are even referencing the Bible for the end times and revelations. If you're awake on any level, you can see that none of what is happening right now is normal. If you're intuitive like me, you can read in a bit more. But here's the thing, no matter what is occurring, no matter the level of deception, have you been able to find peace? If we go back to the idea that we attract what we think, or perhaps in this case for the author, what we write, how do we manage our mind to shift from doom and gloom into someplace lighter and kinder or more godly? Have you developed tricks to move you from a dark place to a place of light? I'm going to make myself a bit more vulnerable here. My life has been riddled with a series of challenges for many years. I spent many years in relationships that were not kind. I made a vow to myself not to get involved in relationships in the future that have similar characteristics. I put a mark in my awareness of what I don't want so that I can better identify what I do want. I've been accused of many things that are not my truth. I have been accused of being a person that is the person someone else wishes to create me as. In other words, those that are in lower vibration within self can only project onto me the same low vibration that is within them. We are simply the mirror to another. When someone attacks you in any way, it's only showing their own weakness. I have been accused of many things that I am not. And every time I'm accused of something, I know without a doubt that the very thing I'm being accused of is the thing the accuser is doing themselves. But I have also been accused of being a conspiracy theorist when I choose to listen to God, when God spoke directly to me. And as an author, it's quite honestly the greatest way to get content. I have been accused of a variety of relationship infidelities when I spend nearly every hour of my time alone. I've been accused of not being spiritual in my choices when I've just meditated for some time to understand the right answer or response. I've been accused of not being present when I find my presence is actually not enjoyed, welcomed, or ridiculed by those requesting it. I have been attacked simply for existing more than I have been loved for existing. The alarming fact of this is that none of the circus that goes on with others placing blame has anything to do with me. Yet, I've fallen victim far too many times to the hidden agenda of others. I have now matured to a place of recognizing the actions of those unaware individuals is based solely on their own projections. I feel sorry for those that cannot open to seeing the amount of love they could receive if they moved outside of the external blame game. I feel sorry for those caught up in their own mind games. I know clearly who I am and I know clearly what I desire. I also know clearly what I am able to offer in any partnership. When you're given a small box to fit in and you're busting at the seams and no longer fit in, you'll either die trying or step out into the unknown and trust God. It could be seen as fearless or even reckless, but our abilities are limitless. When someone tries to slow you down, criticize or define you, you will eventually acknowledge you can no longer be held back. It'll seriously make you sick. Not everyone will jump in and expand with you. I do believe this is by design. 
There is a collective narrative and an individual narrative that is really just a vibration. When you're caught up in the vibration of the narrative and not living fully within the strength of self, or you don't have a good relationship to God or the Creator, you will become a victim. Fear does not come from God. It comes from not being in control of your own mind. In these times, many will be in fear. Many will not acknowledge they have choices. I've learned that commitment builds character. I commit fully to every direction I take, and I work as hard as I can so that I know I have left nothing off. But we aren't always in control. If you give it everything you have and there's no positive response, then you try a new angle or you move on. But if you know in your truth and you know your purpose, your passion, your truth without any doubt, then you stay strong and focused. This is kind of the place you have to reach when it comes to writing a book as well. There is a reason only 2% of the population writes a book. Most don't have a clear vision. Many are afraid to stand out in opposition or to create conflict. They are afraid to stir things up, to step up as an expert, to go against the grain, to showcase their expertise, because God forbid they might be viewed as wrong. Many fall victim to conforming to the collective narrative or vibration. Be a good girl and conform. These, quite frankly, are the authors the big publishing houses pick up. If you're on par with the collective narrative they wish to build, then you'll be picked up by a publishing agent. You will be the new hero to push forward the narrative, the new expert. You will be used. If you have done everything you know is true to the best of your ability and it only takes you so far, then this is the place where you have to leave off and let God. When you know that staying in the collective narrative is dangerous, not helpful, or not popular, and a new voice is needed, you might be called brave, you might be called a conspiracy theorist, or you might be called a risk or a threat. Yet, you essentially may simply be speaking a received or channeled God consciousness. Let me read you a passage from the Bible for consideration. It's the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. This is from Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. 
There is so much division currently. I have made a real effort to try to understand both sides of the political and virus debate. I know clearly what side I'm on. But because I strongly choose my side, I cannot easily see why others choose theirs. But what I can see is that the earth is showing us that the division we have has caused her vibration to lower. I have been watching the Schumann resonance levels over the last week, and there seems to have been no vibration whatsoever. To me, this would seem to indicate diversity or no unity. In division, we are not raising the vibration of our planet. Many are living in confusion and fear. I was reading about the side effects and the ways in which the Schumann resonance can affect us. And here's what I found. In a government study, I'll put the link in my blog, it was found that the SR or Schumann resonance can affect the blood pressure, heart rate, and mitochondria on enhanced days. Fluctuations may also affect our physiology, psychology, and behavior. Energy sensitives and impasse may feel the following, tingling in the crown chakra area, elation or mild euphoria, increase in conscious awareness, tiredness or sleepiness, and this can fluctuate, dizziness and vertigo, inability to focus, headaches, migraines, short-term memory issues, and lack of hunger. There are so many things going on in the undercurrent of our global transformation that we are going through now. I always try to do my best to remain in constant relationship with myself and with God in all phases of my life. When aligned with your personal truth, I do believe we can collectively raise the frequency and vibration of the planet and create a unity consciousness no matter the level of division. As I finish up this podcast, I acknowledge that I have attained a level of awareness that I have vaguely skinned the surface of in hopes of remaining neutral enough to gain your ear. But the depth of my current level of knowledge would likely shock you. The amount of darkness that is overcome is beyond our wildest dreams, and I'm in awe of the human spirit and the ability to overcome trauma beyond our wildest dreams. I see the fight to overcome darkness is moving us collectively into the light. I know my level of awareness and the ability to expand beyond my wildest dreams is right here now. I'm in awe of the level of creativity, planning, and intelligence that has gone on in the undercurrent of this battle of good versus evil. I'm in awe of my ability to witness the most amazing time on this planet. I'm aware that what is coming is beyond beautiful. It would be my greatest wish to share this with you, to give you comfort in these seemingly chaotic times we're living in. So with that said, I close out with a quote by my teacher, Yogi Bhajan. If you're willing to look at another person's behavior toward you as a reflection of the state of their relationship with themselves, rather than a statement about your value as a person, then you will, over a period of time, cease to react at all. On that note, hang tough, you guys. Trust that what you offer is a reflection of your creator and you are beautiful. I truly believe we have miracles and abundance ahead of us. As always, wishing you peace, love, and light. Check out our online book publishing program. Join our email list or earn a great income by signing up for our affiliate referral program over on our Let's Get Your Book Published.com page.